Hey, thanks for watching. I'm Dave. This is Ride All Week, and a rant seems more appropriate today, so this will be less formal. So if you would, please like, subscribe, and improve the lives of others by sharing this video. The nation is in a bit of chaotic state today, so I'm going to talk about pretty much the only thing that anybody wants to talk about, the fact that there are protests and riots taking place at various locations all across the country. But I want to start with a little bit of a, a timeline because we're supposed to believe that all of this is just a natural, evolving outcry from the original video that aired a week ago today in which allegedly Officer Chavin, I think that's how you pronounce his name, maybe it's not, uh, where he killed uh, Mr. George Floyd. So that's what we're supposed to have seen, that's what documented in that video, that's supposed to be the thing that triggered this whole series of events that have taken place in just one week already. And me personally, I'm watching everything that's, uh, or as much as I can see, I'm seeing all of this, I'm going through a lot of different responses inside my lots of thoughts, lots of emotions, so just trying to process it all. It's so much, it's so crazy. But I'm also thinking about the what was happening right before all of this and the fact that we were just having COVID-19 crises, right? Supposedly, allegedly. And the fact that we were having anti-lockdown protests that were, you know, way calmer than these were. They weren't doing the same things. We weren't seeing this level of destruction. And those were being described as dangerous. And uh, they were arresting people for exposing people to sickness. We were writing new laws so that we could arrest people for opening businesses that were being, you have to close your business. If you open those doors, you were being arrested for opening a business that you legitimately had a right to be there. But now we're not arresting people for breaking into those same businesses and setting them on fire. It's very weird. If, and that's being a very nice word for it. It's just crazy going on out there. So I wanna look at the time though. How did we get to this place? Because uh, right in between that, we still had all of these, the politics were still being played, right? And all of the things that were happening in the Democratic side and the, the selection of all of their, you know, trying to get to the point where we just um, miraculously had Biden shoot up to the top and then he's been interesting sometimes on air, sometimes not, and just take a break, come back, and then say something interesting like, you ain't black. And I even said, you know, we gotta make hashtag you ain't black as famous as Epstein didn't kill himself, or they're gonna throw that in a memory hole, and then like it was right on cue, up pups the video of George Floyd's death. And I'm watching this video, thinking to myself, you know, what is really happening here? And just looking for clues, and I've seen it from lots of different angles, thinking something, you know, is there anything? Is there any evidence? And there are some things that seem like a miss. Like, for example, when the ambulance shows up, the, who climbs out of the back? It's not EMT, professional medical personnel of any kind. It's more police officers climb out of the back. And in my own personal life, just trying to go through my mind here and think to myself, well, when have I ever seen that? I don't know if I've ever seen it before, but I was never paying attention before. This is the only time I can think of where I saw police officers in bulletproof vests climb out of the back of an ambulance, check the pulse on the man, put him on a gurney, and put him in the back. And I'm also thinking to myself, well, now we've seen the other video, there are multiple police officers on the back of this man and not one of them had some kind of training to let them know that this would be dangerous to hold this man in this compromising position for this long. And I'm sitting there thinking, people like myself, if you're a, a combat sports fan, you like things like wrestling or uh, uh, BJJ or uh, you'll pick any of the combat sports, they have referees in there, they've got doctors there, and they've got sportscasters who know, Joe Rogan, for example, you know, you can't hold that guy in that position for that long or it becomes a serious life-threatening 
and they stop it to protect the sportsmen, the combatants, they, to protect their lives, to protect their health. They don't let them be in those compromising positions for more than a few seconds, yet alone several minutes. And I'm sitting there thinking, how did these police officers who were supposedly professionally trained, a number of them stay in that place for that long? So just some things that kind of cast some doubt on my mind, but it's, or on the other direction, make them you know, seriously culpable and should be held to the highest account. And then next, you know, we don't wait to see what's going to happen. Are we going to do justice? We don't, not just a normal outcry, hey, we got to have justice. We didn't wait to see, even though yesterday the officers were fired and then later charged and there was an investigation and, you know, from the FBI. We didn't wait for any of these things. Protests were immediate and protests turned into riots with fires overnight. And then the next day they were organized all over the country. And then over the weekend, we turned into giant organizations that are moving or roving across cities and they've got pallets or stacks of bricks waiting for them as they get to each of these locations. And then their groups are coalescing and groups are showing up and they've got all kinds of, you know, Weapons of a sort, you know, things, for example, like those, if you've seen Iron Man 2, you know, the collapsible asp, the high-tech uh, collapsible wand that comes out, Black Widow uses, you know, I'm like, how do they get these things? And you might, okay, you go and hang out with a crowd of some thousands of people, maybe you'd expect to see a couple of those, but if a bunch of people show up and they're all got the same dress code and they're all carrying these things, you begin to wonder, well, who's who's providing all of these things? And I'm not trying to suggest that there's any particular conspiracy theory here because I don't know. All I'm saying is strange things are afoot at the Circle K and all of the other buildings that they're setting on fire. You know, but I woke up this morning thinking to myself, you know, we're getting lots of coverage about what these people are doing. And online, you've got lots of, uh, you know, uh, ground floor inter individual people who are doing our cameras on their cell phones to do some journalism like you wouldn't see anywhere else. And thanks to them, we see civilians who are being attacked. But I woke up this morning thinking to myself, well, who's saying anything about the police? You know, so I go and go, I'm doing a search to see, well, what's happening to the police? Are they being attacked? How many are dead? Because all of the cars that are just being destroyed, you're seeing police cars on fire in almost every video. And I thought to myself, well, it's not like they just donated those cars for these demonstrations. Yeah, sure, here, take my squad car, set it on fire. I hope your protest goes well. It's not like it's going like that when your old youth outreach programs. Remember when they used to let you go out there and just smash the cars just for fun? Yeah, good luck doing that today with all the red tape. And that's not ever gonna happen again. But even if they did, they wouldn't donate a modern model squad car with all the tech still inside. I'm like, how are they getting these cars? And so I'm like, okay, what's happening to the police? Hundreds of police officers are being injured at one location, dozens at others. Police officers have been shot, they've been mugged, they've been stabbed, one had his throat slit. I'm like, okay, why aren't we hearing these stories? Well, because you haven't searched for them. If you didn't know about it, that's the only reason. They are being cataloged. Some people are writing stories about them, but they're not part of the main narrative. And so that's the problem. There is, some people are talking about, well, are we at wars or some kind of a civil war? Well, sort of. In a way, these people are expressing themselves in a violent way, and they're going after the cops, and they're paying a high price. The cops are, but this is the thing. We can't allow this. We just can't. It's not safe for our communities as a whole. It's not okay. And even if these people do have legitimate things that they want to express, and I'm totally open to the idea that we should be talking about legitimate issues, this is not how you effectuate change. You don't hijack quotes from famous people in our history who actually did have a bone in the fight for civil rights and then go out there and start destroying our country and lighting things on fire and buildings and homes that actually still have the families inside because 
there were children who were trapped in a burning home when they refused to let the police and the firemen come and rescue them. That is not how you effectuate change. So what we need to do is actually shut these people down and say, this is not how we do things in our country. I like the fact that the President Trump said he was going to do, you know, label Antifa a domestic terrorist uh, outfit or whatever, how that's going to go. Just follow through with it. If they're terrorists, they're terrorists. Unleash Jack Bauer and the counter-terrorist unit and squash this organization. Purge that scourge from the earth and be done with it. He can wear that like a badge. Remember, Obama used to, oh, Biden is dead and GM is alive. Okay, well, let's have Antifa is dead and the economy is alive. And that can be his re-election slogan for the rest of this year. You know, add that to the most winningest, life-saving COVID-19 president ever. Those two slogans together, he should be fine. So that's my, start with that. We gotta squash this thing. You can't create change in the nation by destroying the nation, which makes perfect sense. And I'm also looking at these people and I'm thinking to myself, why? What's the biggest difference, you know, other than the fact that these guys are destroying places and the lockdown people weren't destroying places, but also demographically, it's not that big a difference. You know, still guys and gals out there, still red and yellow, black and white out there, but more than, more guys than girls and a lot younger. Um, you've seen a lot of teenagers, seen a lot of 20s, a lot of 30s, 30s dressed like teenagers and 20s, but they're a lot younger. And I'm realizing we're starting to see some of America's chickens coming home to roost because of the failed policies that these people have been living under and the lack of leadership that they've been living under and the way that they're expressing themselves and out there pointing the finger at everybody else. It's their fault. It's his fault. It's your fault. It's everybody else's fault but me. In fact, there's guys out there who are like burning things and stealing things and breaking things and you ask him why, well, I saw somebody else do it first. Really? That's like the literally the oldest excuse in human history. Why did you eat the apple? Because the woman told me to do it. Why did you take the apple? Because the snake told me to do it. You see, there is no older excuse than uh, he did it first. No, you are no less culpable, no less accountable, no less guilty just because you saw somebody else do it. You still had to do, make a choice. You still had to take action. You still did the wrong thing. And there's still consequences for you. And they're called handcuffs. And it's called jail. And most of these kids, I'm afraid, because I'm looking at them and I'm seeing what's kind of, these people are coming from places where there's a severe lack of leadership. Maybe they've never been told no. Maybe they never felt a spanking. Maybe they've never been grounded. They may have never even seen red ink on a school paper before. But you know what? They need to feel some serious discipline now because they cannot be encouraged to do this any further, especially if any of these conspiracy theories prove to be true and they're not actually doing it. I mean, sure, they're doing it because they want to, but they're actually being stirred to do it because of there are other influences who want to use these people as a means to another goal to take this country apart. So step one, crush this violent outcry and be done with this. We need to stop the insurrection. We need to solve the violence. And then we can have an honest conversation about what is truly troubling people. And when that happens, we need people who are going to be on the right, who are going to be biblical conservatives, who can lovingly, kindly, but also boldful, boldly uh, represent the ideals. And when these people start asking, well, we need more of this, more of this, more of this, say, you know what, you got that, got that, got that, and it failed you all the way. We've been, had plenty of welfare, you've had plenty of assistance in the communities, in the homes, in the schools, and all of the things that you're asking for have been done. They've been cranked up to 11 and a half already, and you're still not happy because it doesn't work. 
So let's stop doing these things. Let's stop changing, you know, nationalizing more programs, start putting things back at the local level. No more national education program. Put that back at the house. No more throwing money into the uh, local schools just because they're a school and need more money. No, make those people actually prove that they're doing their job properly before they actually get more funding. Now that, you know, there are a lot of solutions that we could, I could go into here, but the biggest problem that we have here is the fact that the nation, through its gov our governing, we have incentivized the destruction of the family. And many of these people are thinking, oh, I need to go against the authority figures. I need to go against patriarchy. And in that, have no respect for any of it because they've never had much of it and it's the actual opposite problem what they think that they have is the problem that they really have and it's a lack of fatherhood. Fatherlessness has been incentivized in this nation. We have stigmatized fathers, we've bastardized a generation, and we now have a polarized nation of people who don't even understand what it means, whether authority is good or bad, whether they should be, uh, truth is something that's relative to their own personal experience, or whether they're supposed to, you know, make their personal experience come into the, what is true and submit to that. So we need to solve these things when the time comes to debate and say, the things that you're asking for have already failed you. These things, we need to try something different now and start making the case for new solutions or old solutions, different solutions, just definitely none of the things that have already destroyed the family. Start making the case for pro-family, traditional family, husband, wife, father, mother, kids being raised in a safe, healthy family unit. And let's get the, you know, bring the church back in the community, put everything back at the local level, and then start holding our officials locally accountable again. And you could do the same thing with the police, and then let's do the same thing with the upper level of government, holding them accountable. And and I know I'm going to hear it. Somebody's going to say something like, hey, don't go after the representatives in government during an election year because that's so dangerous. But you know what? It's the perfect time to go after them because they're such promise breakers. They say so many things on the campaign. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other thing. And then when they get in there, how much of it did they actually do? Obama even gave us a name for this thing. Remember, it's campaign rhetoric, which basically means fancy words for I'm going to say what you want me to say so that you'll put your name on a ballot and get me in office. And when I get there, I'll just do whatever I want to do anyways, because I know it's best for you even if you don't. So we need to say we've had enough of that and actually start holding these people accountable. We're telling them, if you're not going to do what you said you were going to do, if you're not going to keep your promises to us, you don't deserve to be reelected, and we are going to replace you and put people in the office who we can trust to actually do the things that they say when we choose you because we were expecting you to do those things. You see, the things that are important to us are the things that they use to get elected. So let's actually elect people who will do, not just say, the things that are important to us, and then that'll be the way that we help improve the situation, avoid circumstances like we have now, and also uh, prepare ourselves for a better future. And this will be good for everyone, society-wide. And I'm thinking for the, for the last thing, just to kind of help enhance the argument, something that socialists like to say all the time, well, socialism has never been really tried. And that's the biggest lie. It's the biggest farce because socialism has been tried on so many levels, so many different expressions, so many countries around the world, so many times in history. And of course, it always fails and always results in death. And here's the thing. The truth is true conservatism is the one that doesn't actually get tried because it has the biggest onus gets put on you. The individual has to take the biggest responsibility for myself. 
And oh, what about the safety net? What about everybody helping me? What about all this other things? Okay, well, you have to put your faith in God, of course, but then you also have to own that responsibility. And that's scary. And most people aren't willing to take that plunge. They're afraid and it sounds hard and we can't even get past that hurdle. And that's the reason why pure conservatism and traditional biblical worldview usually gets shoved to the wayside and we always get some mocky version of a, uh, you know, an amalgamation of conservatism and capitalism and something else thrown in the mix. And it was so that's the one that never really gets tried. All right, I decided I'm done for the day. I thank you if you've watched this whole video. I appreciate you hanging out with us here at Right All Week. Please do come back when we do some more videos. Please continue to share them with your friends and come back and see me again. Once I, again, I am Dave. This is Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <music>